consenting all things to them, God left nothing outside their control. As it is, we do not yet see everything in subjection to them, but we do see Jesus, for who for a little while was made lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. It was fitting that God, for whom and truth all things exist, in bringing many children to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through suffering. For the 
we're seeing Jesus in an argument with the Pharisees about a point of law. The Pharisees asked him a question. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Well, this has been argued for generations. They knew the answer. They knew the arguments. Perhaps what they were thinking about was the possibility that they could trip up Jesus and he could get in trouble just like John the Baptist did. Remember that the question that tripped up John the Baptist had to do with parents divorcing his wife so he could marry his brother's wife. So again, there's a question of divorce and adultery. So they possibly asked this question in order to get Jesus in trouble with Herod because the Pharisees were in league with the Herodians to try to capture Jesus and punish him and perhaps put him to death. But whatever their plan, Jesus turns the tables on them. They ask about divorce, the grounds for divorce, and Jesus replies about marriage. Jesus talks about marriage in a way that sets very high goals, very high standards. He says, for what God has joined together, let no one separate. Now there's another scene. Jesus goes into the house of the disciples, and the disciples question him further. You get a sense of how important this question of divorce is in Jesus' time? And we thought that we were the ones that had the problem with divorce. They were talking about a lot. Perhaps he was talking about And you can imagine that scene. Jesus is trying to explain to them something about divorce, and they are asking more and more questions. And I think that perhaps this, question, this particular section of the Gospel is given to us by the writer, particularly for the community for which the Gospel is intended. Because you remember the part that just came before, it's about a man divorcing his wife. And in the Jewish tradition, that was the only possibility. Women did not have a prerogative. But here, we hear about Jesus describing a woman also divorcing, divorcing her husband. In the Greco-Roman world, it was possible for a woman to divorce, to divorce her husband. And perhaps there were issues that had grown up in that community that Mark is writing about that needed to be addressed and that were of concern to all of those who heard this gospel. We are so far removed culturally from the first century that it's very hard, I think, for us to even begin to understand the deep emotional complexities and the questions about marriage and divorce at the time of Jesus. But we know that we still struggle with those questions. They're very much a part of all of our lives. So what might we take from this particular text? I think it's important for us to acknowledge, first of all, that Jesus was unambiguously affirming fidelity in a lifelong relationship. And all of us who have been married, whether that marriage has worked out well or not, have made those vows ourselves and believed and prayed hoped and worked that that would indeed be the case. I think it's also important for us to recognize that no one, no one in that text had any question about how difficult it was to live into those vows, to live into that whole idea of a lifelong relationship. I think we also need to understand this text within the context of the broader ministry of Jesus. 
definition to it. He said, anyone who looks at another lustfully has already committed adultery. Now, I don't want to set into the trap that Vinnie Carter did.
Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, only food and drink of new and unending life in Him. Sanctify us also, that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints to the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask for your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory to yours, Almighty Father, now and forever.